Hello, welcome to Lit Cannon Off Script. Hey, wow, that's not bad. Um, Could have been worse. <laughs> what are we doing? We're playing. We're playing Pitch Storm. Pitch Storm, where you randomly get a plot and a character and you have to figure it out. And then there's some wild cards. And then the best plot wins. It's as simple as that. And the producer can be like, oh, I want to add something in. That's the wild card. And then you have to work on the fly. McFly! Um, that's the game. It's difficult. You just, you just start pitching the same movie every time, no matter what. Okay, so... Stop trying to make Fetch happen! Like, what would be, like, just the most, like, oh my god, fucking again? Like, like location or job or something. Like, so the guy works at the porn, sto porn store. Like, fuck. Ugh. So this dark wizard works at a porn shop. They just got all the cliches in there, but that's part of it. That's part of the deal. Working in porn shops a cliche job? Do lots of people work in porn shops? No, I'm just saying just the cliche of somebody doing it. Oh. I kissed second. Oh my god. So. Sometimes things happen. Notes. Plot and character. Okay. A babysitter hired by a sinister wealthy couple discovers a global invasion of body snatching aliens. Like, seem to go together already. I know. This is. Well, it just wrote itself. This it's is done. almost too perfect. What the hell? You don't need to pitch anything. Because I already, yeah, I, I want to hear it. I want to see it. I, I mean, yeah. It's just essentially the parents are odd. They're stiff, you know. Or mm. will they be stiff? We want to change it around a little bit, make them be wild. Mm. Definitely. So then she's like, okay, like, don't feed the baby. Like, it would have to be like something that a baby could have, like a tr like sugar or something. Like, mm. uh, what kind of drink? Or like, you know, the baby necessarily shouldn't have it all the time. That's why it hasn't come up yet with the nanny. But it was like, yeah, a little, like, you could have a little soda. And like, oh, no shit. And that's what um, takes out the, the, the human look. And it's like, oh, shit, it's a fucking weird morph. And that's how she discovers that. Some sort of tea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for a tea. And that, that's what unravels the mystery for her. Or coffee. Some sort of tea or, tea or coffee, I guess. Like a Starbucks. Something in one of the Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, you can have a little, you know, A little whipped cream is fine. Whipped cream. Like, oh shit. And he's like, what, what, the, what the fuck was that? And she start, then she starts snooping around, trying to find evidence of alien invasion. But then who does she call? I don't know. That, <laughs> Say I mean, you maybe find that's it. part of the drama. Who do you call? Like, you call the police and they're like, like, fuck you. They're like, they're fucking Jarvis the Spider-Man. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And that's just like, so she needs to like, maybe she needs to find the hive mind. Because I guess she, you know, she discovers the hive mind because you got to be able to kill the whole thing in one swift hit. You know, you can't leave shit behind. Not, not in a two, not in a one, um, like 80 minute movie. One ninety-minute movie, you know. Yeah, no, more than ninety minutes. One ninety, hour and a half. Are you getting like a two-hour? You would give it a whole two hours. I think so. Wow, I was not expecting that. Oh no. Did you think it was the last lap? Or we're gonna go look at the notes. Notes, 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 notes. Oh, what am I doing? I'm defending an eleventh. Crazy. Can we see a whole thing on the derelict space station? I mean. Yeah. The aliens are refugees. It's the only way they can survive here. And they've got a broken down spaceship. Yeah, the whole thing, like the whole, like that has to take place on a derelict spaceship. Mm. 
Can we set this whole thing on a derelict space station? Okay, yeah, I think you, yeah, because it's, instead of global invasions, um, station invasion, and you know, there's the, there's the rich high class that have like the good rooms in the space station, and there's the poor and middle class that Ooh. have the shit ones, and she's, you know, like in the middle class now babysitting. So every, even on a space station, you gotta get a babysitter. Mm-hmm, that's true. And then she discovers that, oh shit, the aliens that we thought we were safe from are actually in the fucking house. Like the call is coming from inside. And she has to stop the invasion of the space station. Done. One, two, three. Now. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Hello, hello. Oh Hola. yeah, this is mirror. May That's I why none of this makes go sense. Vertigo. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it's still not the last lap. Jesus, I thought I had pulled off like a stunning shortcut upset. <laughs> okay. Um, a, dr a depressed vampire accidentally angers a group of evil fairies in the wilds of Ireland. Okay, so this vampire... Almost goes together too well. Vampire's just, you know, he's been, he's been sucking it up. Wasn't there a no, no. true blood season? That this was already? <laughs> I don't know. I did not watch True Blood. Me neither, but I'm 80% okay. sure this happened. I mean, sure, why not? But for us, for our intents and purposes, this vampire's moving around because he can't get a lady. He sucks at it, but not literally. Get it? And he's, he's moping around, and then he kicks this bush, which happens to be the fairy kingdom. And they're like, fuck you, vampire. Played by Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Yes. Sure. Um, and it becomes like this age on war, like because he's immortal. Oh, so it's this, generations of fairies. Like, generations of fairies are just <laughs> like, fucking fucking this guy up. Like they've heard the tales of the vampire destroyer, the ancient one that must be scorned. But I, I want it to be like the bees are always like are always find him or something oh, like no. that. They're just like they wither up the flowers in his flower bed or something like that. And just he just has to live in this Tiny hell. little, little things that they can do. So the main character is a fairy, a young fairy that has to go out. It's like, it's her first mission to take out the vampire immortal. And then she goes out there. She gets injured during the attack as the vampire gets away, but he takes her in. And Twilight's this, it. And I think he's a giant compared to them. Yes. Okay. But, I hear Twilight and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, they're not doing that. But like she stopped, like Beauty and the Beast, I don't know if he did that. Kind of like a Gargamel got. He, he Stockholm, uh, she, he Stockholm's her. Where they're like, oh, he's actually really nice. Mm -hmm. And like we, the legend's all wrong. And then she has to, you know, like stop the, stop her town from burning the castle down. Slow the mob. I'm down with it. So, yeah, so that, and then they, find peace at the end where he apologizes for kiss for kicking the bush and he grows another bush he puts another bush he puts he gives them another bush he expands the fairy the kingdom by a hundred percent like he, he could just give them a garden and then they'll just the garden will grow over the years they form a lifelong friendship yeah as he's the protector he becomes the protector maybe there's like a deforestation thing going on as well and that's what they have to unite over mm. oh fuck we never did the notes we need at least one thing to explode out of someone's chest. Okay. 
Um, he, he's a like, vampire. He, he heals. Yeah, something. Like one of them just flies down. Is like aha. A fairy. Yeah. He tries, like tries like, to cut his way out. A fairy goes up his butt and looks blows out of his chest. I don't think we need to go up the butt. We could go down the throat. That'll be pretty horrifying. Uh, but we do it in a comedic way. No. No. I want there to be like appearance of actual malice in this. Okay. What would already be like a very stilted like battle. <laughs> like they do actually like cause him some grief during oh, yeah. this. Yeah, like it's like fuck. Like he's Apollo being eaten by the ravens. Prometheus. Sure. Yes. Apollo. Look at me. Go back to fucking mythology class. Thunder. And it's like so he's like Prometheus being. Punished. We can't call it Prometheus, though. So yeah, something will explode out of the chest. Like, yeah, like we, just fairy I, does something. Yep. Just, fairy climbs somewhere and cuts out, and because he's a vampire, a he just is like, like, I was inconvenienced by that, but not, <laughs> you know. Heartburn for the day. Not ruined. That's pretty gruesome, but I've experienced worse. <laughs> Moving on. And then they kind of become like an odd couple. They just kind of live together, men in black style. They got them out in the garden. Him and the fairies. Mm -hmm. The fairies. Someone's butt stinks. Spoiler alert that someone is you. A bully young kid out for revenge fights for their life against a horde of possessed mannequins. I feel like okay. There's definitely been a made-for-TV show movie of this already so, called Mannequin. <laughs> but there weren't bully kids, and this is a horror movie. Hmm. Mannequin was a romance. All right, Mannequin meets Stranger okay. Things. <laughs> okay, so this fucking kid is getting bullied. He has this plan to get his bully back. There's an abandoned mall down the street from their school. Legend says it's haunted. Ooh. And so, um. He has this plan that he's gonna trick his bully in there and scare him, booga booga booga. And so the day comes, bully's like, hey, Finster, give me your lunch money. And the kid's like, oh, gee, oh, Doyle, I can give you lunch money. And then he baits him and then he fucking runs off and Doyle follows him, goes into the building. That's where the scare is, he's gonna get out. Little do they know, the mall is being demolished. Ooh. So they get in there, and the bully's like, I'm gonna cream ya! And then the demolishing starts happening, and like their exit caves in, and now they're stuck in this slowly destroying building as they cry for help that no one answers. And the, now, the now the bullied kid has to decide, does he want to save the bully? Like, towards the end, like, you know, he's, he's helped him out a couple of times, although he's got some fucking strength and whatnot. But then at the end, there's two paths that he sees he could take. One, only he could take though, but it would be easier. Or the other one, which you know the bully could join him, but it would be a little bit tougher. Like, what does he choose at the end? And he ends up choosing for the bully's path and they, they fight through it and make it. A noble story. Yeah, like it'll be touching. Or you go the sociopath route and he just straight up. So this kid's like fucking... Dead eyes, leaves him there to die. At the very end? Yeah. Oh man. Fuck you, O'Doyle. Maybe, or, or O'Doyle just fucking snaps. I, I feel like that's too much blame on him then for 
being like, you started this. You're the one that brought him in there. And of course, maybe O'Doyle just made it worse. Maybe he chased... Maybe it's not a a trap laid for him. But maybe it's the, just the, the bullied kid him. is out for revenge, so he has to initiate some type of revenge. He gets his revenge. He doesn't have to initiate it, though. Okay. Like he so can, you're if saying... The, if the bully is just coming after him mm. and it's all the bully coming after him. Okay. So when I, he goes to leave him to die, clear conscience. Yes. He chased him in there. Some more mid-movie, he decides he's going to fight back. Because they're stuck in this fucking mall that's collapsing. And he's like, no, I'm not running. He's going to die. What if this was all in the main character's head? Or was it? Jacob Flatter. So, well, um, the mall is in his head. Yeah, the mall is in his head. Two sisters obsessed with death fights a terrifying monster that lives under their bed. Sounds like an episode of like Rugrats or something. <laughs> Film little, like, ooh, death, let's go learn more about it. What's on the other side? I don't know. Let's go to the under the bed to find out. And they start fighting a monster. Or this monster starts killing their friends and they're jealous. So they want to meet the monster. So they go in search of it. And the monster, I don't know. Um, you think they die at the end? Think we give them that? Mm. I think one does, one doesn't. Oh, okay, yeah. So they're split up. Oh. But they're always connected through like some spiritual sense. So you know, for the sequel, we still we still got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. They fight the monster under the bed, and they're just fascinated by it. almost like the cell, where you know you're like you're going through these weird dream-like worlds under the bed, and that would be pretty cool. And they they talk, they talk, you know, morals and dilemmas. All right, and. How can we make this the next movie in the Human Centipede franchise? Well, okay. In one of the cell worlds, there's a... Like that's the, yeah, okay. So, there's gotta be a third person. But how do we, okay, we make a Mobius strip of Human Centipedes. That's the ultimate goal. A what strip? A Mobius strip, it forever connects, it connects Ooh. in itself. So there, like this, that's, that's just pure torture. There's no like eating at that point. You're just eating recycled food at that point. Like, there's no fresh food coming in. Shuts it down, shuts down the system. Which I don't know why you'd want to do that, other than more aesthetics, I guess. But that's... No one wants this movie. <laughs> but that's going on under the bed. That's what this monster's doing, and the two girls, they're like, we'll see, like, I, I want a pretty death. They're like, that's not going to be a pretty, fucking pretty death. Mm -mm. And they end up fighting the monsters. And the, 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 the monster under the bed got the idea from watching Human Centipede 3. Because that's how the sequels build up where, you know, there was the first one. The second one was somebody being influenced by the first movie. And then the third one was somebody in me being influenced by two and or one and two. So the fourth one would be someone being influenced. So the fourth one is the giant monster under the bed being influenced by one through three. Human Centipede 4, everybody. You're welcome. You put that into the world. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, I don't know who the producers are of that. Give me a call. Don't call him. Nobody call him. The cell meets the human centipede. 
A journalist searching for a connection in a string of murders defends their home from a group of murderous strangers. Oh, well, um, Dennis Quaid is a journalist who's on, who's, they look like random occurrences, but he thinks, no, they're connected somehow. And they've happened like, like one day, there's like five of them, which the cops are just like, not my fucking problem. This is out of our jurisdiction. Yeah. Well, they're just like, they just don't care. They, they're not, they're willing to be on the clock, you know, whatever. And, but Dennis Quaid, he, he's on the case. So he goes into the neighborhood where the murders are happening. He discovers a young girl that somehow has the secrets of the murderous family or is she just wants protection? Maybe. Just trying to think like a Romeo and Juliet type of thing here. Read the plot line again. Everything again. A journalist searching for a connection in a string of murderers defends their home from a group of murderous strangers. So essentially, he un- he, he, he somehow uncovers these strangers, or like, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. He somehow gets a, like, a little girl from the family and takes her in for the night, and then the murderous strangers are coming after Ooh. them. But I, just, I just don't know the reason the little girl's so valuable other than that she's their little girl. I feel like there has to be something more to really up this ante of what they're doing. Like, kind of like she has a map tattooed on her back or something, you know? Hmm. I think you overestimate parents. They would just go do that. Give us our dog. Maybe they're, okay. It's just, a, like it's just an abused my little girl. And she was, did she escape? Did she try to escape? She tried to escape. And she's like, please help me, sir. And Dennis Quaid can't turn away. Notes. What if the main characters started killing people and cooking them into pies? Um, so Dennis Quaid, he has a side gig where he's a cannibal selling pies. Well, maybe he's not a cannibal. Maybe he's just making and serving. Like maybe it's like, you know, the next breaking bed. Cannibalism. That's a, that's a, that's a side gig that he's going to become an empire of. Mm. If it wasn't for being attacked by a bunch of murderous people that night, but not, but now, but that's how he has his tools to kill these people. He's got fucking you know human chef tools, like ching ching ching, fucking Wolverine over here, bitches, and he's yeah, it's gonna be like Liam Neeson only with knives, and little girl is safe, and um. So he's a cannibal. But yes. He's not gonna eat the little girl. He's no, protecting no. Protecting the little he's girl. He's protecting the little girl because he, the girl's been abused. You know, she has bruises everywhere, so he's taking her in. Like, well. So she's he's Hannibal, like the noble cannibal. Yeah. There we go. Yep. And so he take, so he's trying to take care of her. And that night, the fucking um, murderous family that he's been investigating, you know, they fucking like we want our fucking child back, and they go to fucking war, and ding ding everybody. Dennis Quaid wins. He wins. And his business is booming at the end. <laughs> like, so, we have so many more pies this week, everybody. Come and buy them. All the and leftover no pies. One will know the better. A troubled priest with a talent for exorcisms tries to survive the zombie apocalypse by hiding in a shopping mall. Okay. What? I would just be intrigued, like it's an end of the world esque, you know. Okay, so place. I have a couple of different scenarios. Um, what if with these zombies, with an exorcism, can bring them back to life? Ooh, okay. So, so that means like if zombies, if 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 they can bring zombies in controllably, they can he could bring them back to life mm. for their population and whatnot. 
so then um, the people he's with, like, hey, we got a fucking hold on General, like, General Fieldstone. And we found his, finally found his rotting ass walking, you know, up the apartment street or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they have to mission to get this guy. So he's got secrets that could help them as long as he's fucking human, you know, not a zombie. Right. So that's what that, that they have to go in. And they're like, and it's a heavy, like, he, it's a heavy place where there's just zombies everywhere. And like, fuck, there's no way we're going to go get in there and bring him back. Like, send the fucking priest. So the priest has to go out with the team, get that sergeant as soon as possible. So they can just get the knowledge out of him. And yeah, fuck, like maybe. Him if they have to. Maybe like the, bo- maybe the body is in like a, st- okay, maybe these zombies also rot away eventually if they don't eat. And they notice that it's in like, stage five of the rot where it like it's got days left if it doesn't eat so like we gotta fucking get down there and like there's no time to go and bring him back like priest you're fucking coming with us okay and that's the movie i i would see that movie. And they get in they find the body like they're running out of time so he the priest lets what's wrong with you the priest lets the what the priest lets the sergeant zombie bite him to get a little bit more juice while the spell is unfolding. Oh, it's a spell. Sure. While the, the final prayer is unfolding. And the sergeant is freed. But then, but the zombie in him now is rotting away. But his, his, his prayer helped and he still fought it too. So what we thought was going to be a sacrifice, he's fine. Because we got to make sequels of this. Of course. What will we call it? Um, Not Constantine. <laughs> holy night. No, that wasn't a zombie movie. This is a zombie movie. And they have um, nothing else alike whatsoever. <laughs> you call it... Actually, we need notes. What if all the characters are lost in a dangerous cave? That's where they find the sergeant. In a cave. In a cave. In a military bunker. That's in a cave. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck you, pitch storm! So they get him from the mall, and they take him to the cave. And... The end. He's he what makes it looks like he sacrificed himself. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's the played by oh cool J. Right. A desperate father searching for his missing children is trapped in a grocery store after a deadly twist covers their town. A deadly mist covers their town, not twist. Okay, so he's at the grocery store. You know, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen her? And now flyers and like, you know, the old lady is like, I'm so sorry for your loss, Jim. And he's walking around like there's this one guy that kind of like sees him with the flyer, then turns around and walks away. Like suspicious, but you know, okay. Like he, Jim doesn't see it. Then the mist fucking falls. Tensions get high. He's, you know, he's still asking around for people because like someone's there. Someone else is there that like remembers some of that day. So he's like, you know, he's pushing, he's investigating, but it eventually kind of leads him to that guy that turned around. The guy that turned around is the kidnapper. Ooh. So they're in the store and, you know, he's beating the shit out of him eventually. Like, give me the question. Like, I'll take you there. So they have to leave the store into the mist to go find his daughter. And, you know, there's something dealing with whatever's out in the fucking mist. And they get there daughter is dead because she was fucking lost in the mist and jim kills the kidnapper and then the mist rolls out police are like hands up murderer 
band. Ooh. Murdered. Notes, you know what's hot right now? Found footage. Let's do that. Okay. It could be like a found guy? footage documentary of... Yeah. This and like this, this documentary team has come down to help this father find his missing daughter. And it all unfolds from there. A single mother haunted by the death of her husband must defend their family and farmhouse from a child-eating witch. Okay. I mean, yeah. This sounds kick-ass. So there's a single mother. So there's a child already. Child-eating witch. Perfect. Which is after her daughter. You know, she's now alone, widowed. You know, he, she has to learn how to use the gun to defend the, the house. Somehow I'm picturing this in more of a Wild West time. Like, a, like almost a little house of prairie type of thing. I'm not in the present day. That would make more sense. I guess anything. I read farmhouse and I just thought, oh, the fucking past. So yeah, I'm in a, like a little house in the prairie type of situation. Okay. Her husband has died. She's a widow now with her daughter. Making, eking out a living. It's like, hey, you existence. can marry folklore over there. And it's like, he's a dick. Mm -hmm. But he's the only option. And that's what you must do. But anyway, um, the child-eating witch comes by, gets a sniff of her daughter. So she has to defend the house. Mm. No one touches my daughter. Mm. And yeah. Maybe Farquaad shows up and he gets fucking snatched, ripped off. I feel like, should there be a love interest? Or we need some kind of ally. Like, fuck the love interest. What about sister or friend? A prostitute with a heart of gold. No. <laughs> Where did the prostitute come from? Walk in the, the hay fields. Hay fields in the Midwest. They're out there, under the lights. Let's set this whole story in a haunted hospital. The death just happened. She's in the hospital when the witch goes after the sun. It's better without the note. Well, I don't make the notes. It just takes place in a hospital, not a home. A lonely photographer that can't seem to fit in struggles to exercise a demon from a small child. Hmm. Mm. He wants to exercise the demon out of the child and take the demon for himself so he'll be powerful. Oh, wow. He's the real villain of the story. Okay. I will get it. Ah, now I will have the eye of Iagon. I will know true art. And like, so he's going to become a famous photographer by being possessed by this demon. Essentially letting a demon become a famous photographer. And yeah. And the small child is like, thanks. Like, oh no. Add a dog and have it get killed. People love that. <laughs> well. <laughs> as a, a way of showing his descent into mm -hmm. evil Killing before he bonds with the, the demon, his lifelong companion dog, he just snuffs His it. lifelong companion? I was yep. thinking it was the small child's mm -mm. dog. Nope. Wow. Um, yeah, well, hey, that was hilarious. <laughs> he had some great ideas. Um, everybody, like, subscribe. If you just like chilling with us, put us on as background noise. Sometimes it's just dogs making weird noises. You know? <laughs> that, I mean, I'm, people have got to pay for that. And over here giving away for free. All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye.